Okay, Tov, today's staff is not paid days, the last staff in Kedushin, as we learned for Achino Kobes Yisrael and Asun Batsar of Shivya. And um, uh, we'll start actually from the last few lines on Pei Aleph on the days, which we didn't finish off yesterday. About six lines, six, seven lines from the bottom page. Six lines, Ravacha Bar Abba, he went to the house of Chasne, his son-in-law. He went to visit his daughter and son-in-law and their family, right? Like some people are going to do this Shabbos, right? You visit your daughter and son-in-law and their family, right? right. Uh, so um, he went to uh, he went to this house. He took his granddaughter, nice young girl, and put her on his lap and in an act of grandfatherly love. He held his granddaughter on his lap. Amr lay, so the son-in-law said to the father-in-law, you know, sons-in-law don't always get along so well with the father-in-law. Don't you know she's a betrothed woman? I've actually got her engaged already. She was obviously under the age of 12 and a half. And uh, he's already betrothed to somebody. She's an Ashish. How are you uh, fooling? How are you holding an Ashish in your hands? Amr lay, You've married her off at this young age, even though in Atoh you're allowed to. You went against the rule of Rav. Even though you can, and maybe in days when you know the life expectancy was 16 or 18, maybe you had to marry them off earlier. But it's it's prohibited to marry off your daughter when she's young. Until she's old enough, she grows up. So she grows up and says, this is the guy that I want. You have to do it with her consent. So how did you, uh, how did you betroth off your, this granddaughter of mine? Besides the fact you didn't invite me to the Erusin or to the Vort or to the, whatever they call that, you know, the L'chaim, you know, uh, they have a whole process in America, different uh, stages, right? <laughs> but you didn't invite me and I didn't know. And, and why did you do this without her consent as such a young girl? So the, so the son-in-law retorted, Mar Nami Shmuel, you've also violated what Shmuel said. You told me I violated what Rob said. You violated what Shmuel said. You're not supposed to use a woman at all, not for serving you, not for this, not for that. And certainly you're holding her on your lap. Uh, you're using a woman. You're not supposed to do that at all. Shmuel said many things, but it didn't apply when he said that. He didn't mean holding my own granddaughter. I hold the other law of Shmuel says, really, Dhamma Shmuel, Hakolishem Shamayan. It depends what your intentions are. Yes, unfortunately, we know that there are people in the South who cannot be trusted with their granddaughters, right? Uh, not the South of Israel, I mean, <laughs> South in America. But uh, but in general, person does Lashem Shamayan. What does it mean? It says Rashi, beautiful. He has no sexual intent when he's holding his granddaughter. He just wants to show how he loves her. And I want to, I want to uh, bring nachas uh, to uh, the child's mother, Shani Vita, when I show her how much I love the granddaughter. That's a great sign for my daughter. So of course, there's no evil intention here. So this Ravacha Baraba taught a lesson to Rav Chista, his son-in-law. Rav Chista, the great Rav Chista, apparently uh, married her off early and. Uh, ridiculed him, and the father-in-law had a little fight over here, right? Not clear whether Rav Chista meant it seriously. He just was trying to give him a retort, you know, as rabbis do. You caught me with Rav's halach, I'll tell you Shmuel's halach. He says, no, Shmuel's halach is for other people, but not for a grandfather with a granddaughter.
So again, this concept of yichud that we've said, that you're not supposed to have a man should not be yachad with two women, as we said, right? Because it might lead to something, some immoral conduct. But a woman could go with two men. However, we qualified that, said it's only two men who are tzaddik and who are kosher. We can't trust ourselves. So the lemaisa, two men should not be yachad with a woman. And one man should be yachad with two women. And certainly one man with one woman should not have yichud. Because of these laws of not having yichud and uh, what it can lead to, we'll see now cases where even if it's more than two people, even if a man is with more than two women, presumably based on the Mishnah, one man with a whole group of women wouldn't be wouldn't be a problem because uh, because uh, you know he's not going to you know one or two women wouldn't uh, consort with him. There's many other people there. There's too many witnesses. He'd be afraid. He'd be embarrassed. However. There are cases where the man should not, uh, now the Gemara is going to talk about fields or crafts that a person should not go into because he'll have too much to do with women and that could lead to problems, says the Mishnah from the top of pay base. A person who is single, so, so he shouldn't learn to be a sofer. Sofer means a teacher, a teacher of children. A sofer is like a rabbi or a sofer who write things down and uh, learn sifras. Uh, a person without a wife should not teach little children. Why? What's wrong teaching you? So we'll see the Gemara. What's the reason why? A woman also should not be a teacher of little children. Why? We'll see. Not only a person who is single and that was never married. Ravak usually means a funny below. Ravak means a person who was never married. Blaz is not only a person who doesn't have a, right, a woman right, doesn't have a wife right now. Not only a person doesn't have a wife right now, but even a person who has a wife, we'll see, but but he, has, he had a wife once. Maybe she died. Maybe they got divorced. It, even if he had a wife once and he doesn't have a wife now, he's also suspect and should not be a teacher of children. Not only teaching children, but a person, a shepherd who is single should not be a shepherd for animals. Now, this clearly takes it a little bit further, right? That you're concerned about the man committing bestiality with, a, with an animal. Now, two shepherds, two shepherds, two Jewish men should not sleep with one cover, one talus, or one blanket. Obviously, if they're naked, we'll see the Allah is like the Chacham when it comes to certain things. So, what are we concerned about? My time, what's the reason why you shouldn't teach? Are you concerned that a man should not teach little children Torah because, or anything for that matter, because uh, you're concerned about? Uh, what they call pederasty, for you consider homosexuality, homosexuality with the children. But Tanya Amla, they told Rabbi Yehuda, after he said you shouldn't uh, even be a shepherd if you're single, uh, Jewish people in general not suspected of homosexuality or bestiality. You're not suspected of that. So what are you telling me? You shouldn't be a shepherd? And they're not suspected of, of uh, homosexuality either. So what's wrong over here that a man should not teach uh, children uh, Ella, what do you mean a single man? Ella Masa. The reason why a single man should not teach children is because because the mothers bring him to school. When they bring him to the schoolhouse, he's going to have too much contact with these different women. So here we're saying it's not, you know, he might lead to yichud. This is not yichud per se, but it could lead to yichud because he's going to have too much to do with the, with the mothers who bring their children. And a woman should not teach little children because the fathers might bring him to school. In other words, you should avoid contact as much as possible between single men and women and between 
women in general and men, because by Isha, it doesn't make any difference if she's married or not, right? By, by a man, we say, if he's single, there's a problem. Uh, we'll see, even if he's single or if he's not married right now. If he's married, his wife will sort of, uh, you know, take care of him and keep him from, uh, uh, from uh, too much contact. But a woman, we don't say it because the man usually, the, the woman usually, you know, guards her husband. But the husband isn't necessarily there at home. He's out working or wherever he is. And therefore, if the, wife, if the wife is a teacher, that could lead to problems with the various men who bring their children to the schoolhouse. So what is the blessing? Not only a single person. We're talking about a person who's never a woman at all, doesn't have a wife now at all. Meaning, the Tanakhama said only a person who's never been married, a Ravak. Usually in modern Hebrew also, a Ravak is a person who's never been married. If he's been married, we, uh, and, the, and the, if he's a if he's a widow, we call him an almon, and if he's divorced, we call him a garush, right? But uh, Rabak means a person never married. So Rabbi Lezer added on, even a person doesn't have a wife now. Doesn't mean he doesn't have a wife at all. Maybe he has a wife, but she works in a different place. She's out of town. She's not. She doesn't live with him now. Tashma. If a woman, we're saying even if a man does not have a wife living with him, he should also not become a school teacher. Obviously. You know, it depends on the situation and the situations today. Rav Moshe had all these kinds of shilas who could be teachers today. It depends on the situation. It depends on, on the, how much pikuach is there, if it's in a schoolhouse where there's other people, etc. Each case has to be judged individually. Rav Yudah said a person who is single should never, a uh, person like a bachelor single should not, should not be a shepherd. The Israel in general Unless there's reason to suspect them. In general, they're not suspected of homosexuality or bestiality, and therefore the Allah is not like Rabbi Says the Mishnah. Again, not only that was talking, Mishnah was talking about becoming a school teacher. And the problem there is if you're single, you're not married, you don't have a wife, and you have all these women bringing their children to you, it might lead to it might lead to temptation. Um, other other crafts and jobs that a person should not do. A person, sometimes person, because he's in a certain field, he's got to be careful not to be miyachal with them. In other words, he's got a certain kind of a job. And his um, is he's, like he's a particular, uh, he, he's a tailor or he's a shoemaker or he's a whatever he is, a money changer. Got to be careful not to miyachal with women because women obviously approach him uh, for his services. And a person should not purposely teach his son a craft that's going to involve women. So now, once we talk about these things that you should not teach, and the Gemara will talk about it again, that the, the Mishnah was, delayed, was related to the idea that you shouldn't have yichud, as we've described before. And, um, and not only shouldn't you have yichud, but... Um, you shouldn't, if, if your job is, is uh, not only shouldn't you have yichah, so the mission is going to go on to talk about not only yichah, but talk about various jobs. So we're going to about what's good jobs and what's bad jobs. In other words, what's our, what's our, what are clean jobs for uh, people who are Shemayim? But first he says that if, if, it's, if you're in a field that, uh, that involves women, women have to come to you for purchases or for services or whatever, be careful not to miyachet. And here Rashi says, Afilu, take a look at the Rashi the, in, in the, in the uh, second mission, a little bit further down. In the mission, even as many, because 
when he deals with women regularly, he feels comfortable with them. If you, let's say you're a storekeeper. This lady comes in a few times a week to make purchases. So you're friendly with her. But because they all like him, they deal with him, they will cover up for him. If it's a regular person, we said before, you shouldn't have with two with two women. Not only with one woman, but even with two women. We said before that uh, the mission before said you shouldn't be yachid with two women. That's because you know they they have the nashim daitos kalios and they might cover up for one another. They might lose their embarrassment. But now we're saying that you have to be careful with uh, with when your when your job involves dealing with women, even with more women. He says, I feel in uh, in regular case you shouldn't be yachid with two women, but with three or four it's okay. If you happen to be sitting somewhere and there's three or four women. That's not a problem of yichud. But here we're saying, even if there's many women, you shouldn't because you feel comfortable with them and they feel comfortable with you and that could lead to immorality. So he says, well, the mission goes on, back in the mission. You should teach your son a craft that's clean and easy. Now, clean doesn't necessarily mean only physically clean, but it means clean, clean from, uh, from leading to Xayla uh, from stealing and, and pardon temptation not only sexually but even from uh, that shouldn't be any any financial wrongdoings etc. It should be a person that can lead a clean righteous life and we'll see what that means. He is at the same time. should also pray to the to the one who who owns everything all that that, that all the wealth and assets belong to him. Of course, that's God. It doesn't depend on the craft. You know, it used to say that uh, if you go into medicine, you'll be rich, right? That's not so true anymore with the laws that they've that they've made, right? That not necessarily all not all doctors and dentists and lawyers are, are wealthy. We used to say, you know, teach them something, you know, like right. Um, so he says, so he says, uh, because the omnis is not the there every craft that there is, there are people who are poor and there are people who are rich in that craft. Shalonius men omnis, poverty does not come from the craft. And nor does wealth. It all depends on the schus of the person. Tosis here points out that it doesn't mean the schus of the person who a bad piece of muscle. The bunny chaif is on a famous line in the Gemara that children, how many, what kind they are, and how long a person will live, and his and his income, his mazonos, meaning his livelihood, depends on his muscle. Now, this we learned more in the beginning of so this is that uh, when a baby is born, the baby is conceived, the Tifas come to him and said, you know, whether he's going to be God fearing, that depends on him. But everything else, tall, short, big, uh, strong, weak, uh, wealthy, poor, whatever, that depends on his muscle. Of course, a person can change his muscle, say the Mepharshim, by being misfollowed. But the point is, is that there are rich, there are rich lawyers and poor lawyers. There are rich, um, I don't think there's any. Uh, poor politicians, but there could be, in theory, there could be only temporary basis, right? But in general, the poverty and wealth does not depend on the trade; it depends on on the person. Have you ever seen a wild beast or a bird that's got a craft to trade? They have no problem. Uh, you ever see them? Uh, uh, birds flying around or animals. They have plenty of food. They have no, they have no problem eating. They were only created to serve me, says Rabbi Shimon Elazar. And I was created to serve my master, my the one who requires me, Hashem. If they who were created to, to, to serve me 
they they get their livelihood easily without having to you know work for it. Um, so uh, I was created to serve God. Shouldn't I also be able to have a pranosa without any uh, suffering and pain? I've done evil. I've done evil going back to Adam The Kipachtis Panasas and it destroyed my Parnasa because of that. Abaguria and each son said you say Abaguria said in the name of Abaguria, a similar name. Well, you a person should not teach his son to be these trays. What are they? Hamar is a donkey driver, Gamal a camel driver, Kadar is okay, Kadar is also like a wagon driver. Some say Kadar is a potter who sells his stuff from place to place. He takes his stuff around. These people do a lot of traveling. Sapan, a sailor. Now, the problem with the, these things are that um, they, they steal from other people. In other words, uh, per, per, a person who is a donkey driver, a camel driver, whatever, wagon driver, they go around from place to place. And, you know, they have their animals graze on other people's land. And uh, sometimes they don't fulfill their job. They were sent to do something. Same thing with a sailor. But we'll see. Uh, the, you know, that, that could also be, we'll see where, where there's a difference between them, say, the Gemara. Roa or a shepherd, they take their animals, they 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 have them graze in other people's fields. Chanvani, you know, the Chanvani is apt to uh, not always keep accurate uh, books, or uh, maybe with the wheat, he'll throw in some pebbles in there, cheat a little bit. Shumnasa because their craft is that of robbers. And it's very hard to stay honest in that kind of a job. Rabbi Romer Mishmo said in his name, in the name, I guess, of, of uh, Abagurya, Hachamaran Ruben Rasham. Most of the donkey drivers are Rashawn because they, like we said, their animals graze and other people feel like Rumsham, the camel drivers who go across deserts and long distances, they're always praying to God because they don't know when they'll find water and they're always in a in a dangerous situation. Most of them are kosher. Hasapanan, the ones the sailors who go out to sea and they don't know if they're going to come back at all. Ruben Hasidim, they are mostly Hasidim. They are pious because they're always praying to God to save them. The best of the doctors of Gehenna. Like, of course, we explained this. Does, of course, doesn't necessarily mean today. It means, you know, when, when they used to uh, uh, do surgery, uh, physical, you know, surgery with, with, with metal objects on people and make a little mistake and kill the guy. So you got to be careful with those kinds of doctors. And the best of the butchers, these means also the shoftim, uh, they are like the partner of a Amalek, you know, because again, uh, you know, They'll easily, um, as if it's a suffix, if it's a trefa, and they're worried about losing their money, you know, today it's set up in a way that there's no financial incentive uh, to say something that's not kosher uh, that it is. But uh, in those days when it was a single person, he was the shofit and he was the, uh, uh, he was the butcher and all that. So it was easily for him to cheat. So these people, these are difficult uh, uh, crafts to go into. Omer. Famous lines, I would leave all of the trace of any Milam and Torah. I want to devote my son's life to learning Torah. A person eats of its reward in this world. In other words, even the reward that you get in this world is only the payers, is only the fruit. But the principle, in other words, the, 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 the profits, the uh, derivatives are in this world, but the principle stays in the next world. And other crafts, they're not so. If you have a craft, you're a tailor or whatever, uh, you're a scribe, whatever you do, you get sick, you get old, you come to suffering for whatever reason, you can't work, you'll starve, right? You have, you have no income. The Torah is not that way. 
guards him from all evil, but Arusa when he's young. But Nasrallah gives him a future and hope is like Yusuf when he's older. But Arusa, what does it say in the Pasuk? We had this last week's Haftorah, Bekovei Hashem Yechli Fukoach, or Koye, as uh, as it's written in some places. Koye Hashem, those who hope to God, Yechli their strength will be renewed. So what does it say when they're elderly? Omer, they will still bring forth fruit in their old age. Avram became old. And Hashem blessed him with coal. Then when all dead, Hashem blessed him. We find that Avram uh, fulfilled the altar Torah before it was given, obviously, it wasn't given until much later on. Shinamar, because Avram listened, listened to my voice, and he, um, uh, he, uh, he, he guarded my charge, mitzvosai, my commandments, chukosai, my uh, statutes, for sarosai, my laws. He kept all this because of that, he kept the Torah. And then what happened in his old age? It says, Avram Zakain. Even in his old age, Hashem blessed him. So that's what we learned from Abraham Avinu, uh, that, that um, he was uh, the father of all nations, and he was certainly the father of the Jewish people. So uh, from him we learned that the best trade is Torah, and because of Torah, Hashem protected him in his old age as well. Tanur Abadam. The now expands. Anyone whose job is with women, if that's your business, that's your craft, your trade, Suara, that's going to lead to a bad character. Kagom, Hatsarfim, the smiths, the Hasarikim, those that are, um, they comb wool, they're called carters, uh, they, they comb wool. Hanakuros, those that clean out, they put holes in the uh, little mills that the women use to handle. Varoflin, the peddlers who sell their uh, perfumes and their spices to women. Bagardaim and the weavers, Vasaparman, the barbers, Vakopsim and the, um, the launderers. Bagorea, the ones who scrape, the gray, we were talking about blood letters. They would scrape the skin away and then blood would come out. Babalan and the bathhouse attendants, Baburski and the tanners. All these people have to do with women, right? Because it's the nature of their business to deal with women. And this could lead to bad things. So this is a bad character. Try to avoid those traits. If you have one of those traits, we don't. Even if a guy becomes wealthy from one of these traits, as we said before, it's, the wealth isn't determined by the trade, it's determined by your schuyot or by your mazel. Even if he became wealthy, you don't make him a king. Uh, from anybody who had that trade, we don't make him a king below coin goddle. We don't appoint him to be a king or a coin goddle if he's one of the trades. My time alone, we assume the puzzle, not because they're puzzle necessarily, because these are not like the jobs we said before, like Chenbani uh, uh, who steals, or uh, a camel driver, or, or wagon driver, whatever, who steals because he grazes in other people's lands, or shepherds. Not El Mishum to Zoman because these are lowly trades, and it's not proper to have a Kohen Gadol or a Melech who was that kind of a, uh, who was a tanner or a, a or a launderer or something of that sort. Tanner Abonim. Sorry, Abonim, Nemru Begorea. There are five, uh, ten things that are said about a uh, Mekiz Dam, a blood letter. What are they? Mahalach al He walks like on his side. These are signs of, you know, like a big Shabruch Agassi. He's arrogant. It's all that, most of these are, are arrogance, but, uh, but these are it's 10 things specifically said about him. He walks like with a little bit of a, of a tilt and he has, he's uh, haughty, he's arrogant. Benitla Biyoshev, he sits down uh, leaning back. It's a sign of guy. He's cheap, he's stingy, he grudges other people. In a raw, he's, he's gonna, he gives people an eye in hara, hurts them. 
Ochel Harbe eats a lot because whenever people make it down, they, they have a big meal uh, because that weakens them temporarily. So they have a good, healthy meal and he eats always with them. It's like the male who always comes to the bris and has a good meal every day because he's always eating at a bris, right? Umotsi kima. And because it eats healthy, he eats a lot. In other words, he's a very zaftika person because he eats a lot and puts out very little. Very, he he, uh, he um, emits very little because it's healthy food. Uh, he's suspected of <clears throat> he's suspected of adultery because he's hanging out with women. Balagezlin for stealing, right? Bashvichas and for murder because uh, these are things easy. Shenashim goes why they suspect of stealing because women steal from their husband and give it to him. In other words, he's suspected of being too friendly with the women, and therefore he commit might commit adultery and he might be might be. Uh, Suspected of stealing from the from the husbands of the women, and sometimes sometimes he lets out so much blood that he actually kills the guy. Like we mentioned in the Mishnah, you should always try to teach your son a omnis which is clean. Now the Mishnah we said that too. Um, Rameyer said that in the Mishnah, saying the same thing. Let me know what's that? It means something which is clean, not only clean physically, but clean from uh, stealing or things that lead to bad things. This is like um, embroidery or quilting, which is considered an easier kind of sewing. It's nice. It's a nice, clean work. Uh, and apparently it's not as common as regular uh, seamstresses or tailors we're going to have to do too much with women. Um, we said before that the, uh, the tailor is not really one mentioned among those 10 mentioned in the Brisa, right? In the Mishnah, we said uh, anything has to do too much with men, with women, if, if that's it, if he's a tailor for, for, for women, that could be a problem too. Uh, didn't specify that in the Mishnah, right? But it did mention in the Gemara that um, uh, if, he, if he combs wool, uh, that might be something that deals with women or a smith of some sort, a blacksmith or a silversmith, a goldsmith, uh, things like that, where women are, are weavers, maybe like doesn't say exactly a, a, a tailor, maybe this kind of quilting or embroidery has less to do or, or it's not common that the women come in and out. Tanya Rebbe Omer or Mayor Omer. There's no trade that really totally disappears. I guess we still have watchmakers, right? It's very hard to find a trade which is totally, totally gone. Happy is he who sees his parents in a fine trade, a fine craft. Woe to he who sees his uh, his uh, his family in a in a um, defective. We'll call that a defective kind of a craft. Rashi says. As as Horav Yoldov the S Yoldov from the Sikhi. It sounds like Rashi saying both parents and children. Yoldov S Yoldov. Sounds like Yoldov S Yoldov. You know, you want to keep in the family, keep a nice, clean business. It's impossible for the world to exist without perfumers. People need, you know, deodorants and perfume, etc. Uvaloborski. We also need tanners. Otherwise, we wouldn't have any leather goods. Ashmishim Nusavas says, "I'm happy as he." Whose trade his craft is with perfume, with good smelling. The guy always stinks if he's a tanner. The world cannot exist without both males and females. Happy is he whose children are male, if he has male children. 
Welcome to the one who has the cavus only. Obviously, we need both, but better to have boys than girls. Well, well, for whatever the reason you want to say, for learning Torah, etc. But Mayor Omer, like we saw in the Mishnah, you should teach your son a craft which is clean and easy. It's still at the same time. Pray to God, the pray to the one uh, who who owns everything. Again, like we saw in the Mishnah. Aeneas does not come, poverty does not come from the trade that you're in. Right? You might say collecting trash, but there are people who've made a fortune out of collecting trash, right? Turned it into a big business. We call it recycling today. <laughs> you used to be your, you were, you just were a trash collector. Now you're a recycler. Uh, it doesn't come from the trade, right? Where poverty, neither poverty comes from the particular trade nor wealth. Ella Lamisha Osha Shalom. But whether you do is, uh, you pray for just from the one who owns everything, owns all the wealth. Hashem says this, and this is also found in Pirkei Avos. This remember that Hashem says, of all the silver and all the gold is mine, so says Hashem, the Lord of hosts. Have you ever found an animal? That has to go work for his uh, for his food. because I never saw a deer who was drying out fruits in the field like we have to do. If you want to, to preserve your fruits, you dry them out in the field. I never saw a deer doing that. But recently, I never saw a lion who uh, was a sabal, a schlepper, you know, a, 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 a mover, whatever you want to call that, a schlepping stuff, a porter, a good a porter. I never saw. A storekeeper, uh, a, a, a fox who was a storekeeper, famous Farnesim, and they uh, seem to all have food. They get their Shalobatsar without uh, without any pain. Uh, they were only created to serve me, and I was created to serve uh, the one who made me, right? the one who acquired me, Hashem. These who were only created to serve me, they are able to get a livelihood without any pain. I was created to serve my master. And shouldn't I also be created without, shouldn't I also be uh, earn a livelihood without any pain or suffering? Ella, Shehariosi, is definitely the same as we saw in the Mishnah. This is really a, a Mishnah. I, I, uh, I, I did evil in my deeds. I was evil in my deeds. And I destroyed my livelihood. Your, your sins caused you to turn away and to uh, to lose uh, to lose the ability to have an easy livelihood, they turned away the assets from you, so to speak. So here you see this is really this is a brisa, but it's pretty much the uh, we saw in the Mishnah, except he adds on about the idea that Svi Kayas and the Risa Bal and the Shul and this pasuk of Shemar. I want to say from Bitu Rav Naroi Omer. Many echri ani kolum shamzalus shalu. What is Rav Naroi, Rav Meir, or somebody else? Because we have. Both of them are found in the same Mishnah. Tanya Rabbi Omer. I would forsake any other trade, any other craft in the world. to teach my son only Torah. I'll do so. All other trades only help you when you're young, right? When you can earn it. When you're old and can't work anymore, what are you going to do? You're going to starve. Torah ain't okay. Torah's not that. It helps him. Stands for him when he's young. And it gives him a future and hope when he's older. 
Those who hope to Hashem will renew their strength. They will raise up like wings, like uh, like eagles. Uh, when he's older, says they will still uh, be fruitful in his old age. And we'll finish up tomorrow. We'll finish up when we make a siyam. We'll finish the Masechet. And that's also completes Seder Nashim, which is halfway through, right? Uh, we just completed the third Seder, which is three out of six, right? We had, uh, you know, Zeroim, Moed, Nezikin, Zman, and then Nokat, right? Now we have Nezikin, Tarchim, and Taharos. So we finish now three out of six Storm halfway. And Kedushin also marks the 20th Masechet out of 40 Masechets that are learned in the Apiomi. There are many more Masechets, 63 or 76, depending on how you count them, but most of those are only, those are mostly, the other ones are mostly just Mishnayos. But in the in the Seder of uh, Dafyomi that we learned, there are 40 Masechets, and the end of the third Seder that we just finished, Nashim, uh, Kedushin, marks the 20th out of the 40. So we're halfway through in terms of Gemara, in terms of Masechets, and we're halfway through in terms of in terms of uh, Seder, the Seder, we learned, we learned three, three Sedarim, and now we have three more to learn. In terms of number of pages, we passed the halfway mark a few weeks ago, as I mentioned that. It says the mission at the beginning of Baba Kama. Baba Kama is also, the, the Babas are called Nezikin. Uh, it was like, well, once it was like one big Masech Nezikin, was split up into Baba Kama, the first gate, the first Sha'ar, Baba Kama, the first one, Baba Mitzia, the middle one, Baba Basra, the last one. Each one of them it originally was like a mesech, one Masechet of 30 Prakim and was divided up into 10, 10, and 10, right? The, for the Babakam is the first 10, Babamasi is the middle 10, and Babasra is the last 10. All those are the, all together makes Masechet Mazikin. Now, when it comes to damages, uh, we'll see if a person hurts somebody else, damaged somebody else. We learn many times that there's five things you pay, Nezik, Sari, Pushevs, and Boshes. You pay Nezik, the damage itself, what is the person worth less now on the market? Nezek, Nezek Tsar, the pain, the pain that is shot stuff that is uh, assessed in the in the uh, court. Uh, Repoy, uh, doctor bills, hospital bills, etc. Sheva's time off from work. And Boshas, any shame that was caused to him. That also has to be assessed by a court. Okay, so that's when a person does damage. What about when your assets do damage? What do you mean by assets? Assets can mean your animals do damage or fire. You, you, you started a fire and the fire went and burned something down or you caused some nezek in the street. You put some obstacle or a pit in the middle of the street and caused somebody falling. You were digging a, you were digging a ditch or you left something uh, uh, in the street that can cause damage to somebody and somebody tripped and fell and hurt themselves. So those are the different kinds of damages we'll talk about. Again, the five things that is only when you directly did, when a person did the damage, when your assets like your animals or your uh, or your your board, your your pit that you created in the street or your fire did damage, those things don't involve the other ones, but involves Nesik, you have to pay. So if you count all these, uh, there's actually more than four. The mission is our Bible is seeking therefore. Fathers are main categories of Nazikin, but we'll see. Are we talking about um, including the human being if you damage somebody else? So we'll see at some achlokas whether that's one of the four. However, your animals can do damage in several ways. An animal can do damage by goring, you know, a big animal like a shore or a, a deer or something like that, that that's a horns could, could gore, can also do damage when it walks, 
right? Your animal walks. If, if your animal walked, let's say you have a, a big animal or a, even a small, you have a big dog, and the dog went into somebody else's property without permission, now what can it do? First of all, it can break things by stepping on it. That's called rego. And it can eat things up, came into your yard and ate up your fruits and vegetables, right? So that's one. Or it could just damage by goring, by goring your animal or goring a person. So animals can do damage in those ways. The Mishnah says, Abraham and Zikin, what are they? Shore and ox. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean the regal, the walking? Does it mean the shame that when he eats? Does it mean goring? Well, I'll see in the Gemara. Boar, boar, we know. Boar means you 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 uh, built, you uh, dug a pit in the middle of the street. Um, and uh, or some other obstacle there. Mave, what is mave? We're not sure what mava means. It's a strange word. Hever is H, that's fire. I started a fire and went and burned. That we understand. So bor and hever are pretty easy to understand. The other ones, the first and third, shore and mava, not clear. Well, as we'll see, some say mava means a person. Others say no. It means really it's like shame. It refers to the kind of damage that an animal does by eating, which is normal for him to do. It's normal for an animal to go eating. If my anim- I let my animal go into your yard, is it the animal's fault that he eats on? No, animal sees a fruit or vegetable, he's going to eat it, right? And if he's walking along, he's got to do damage and it's normal. He's not trying to damage it, right? So uh, when it comes to goring, that could be, it depends on his his intention. That depends on the animal's intention. Maybe the first couple of times is what's called a tom, and he doesn't have to pay the full damage. If he's a regular damager, and we know that's his normal rate, then it's the owner's obligation to, go, to be a guard for him. So it's not clear at this point what shore and Mav referred to? Shore obviously either means Karen, uh, it means damaging with his uh, horns, meaning when he does it intentionally, or walking, rego, or Shane, or or um, damaging by eating. Uh, it could mean any of those three or all of those three. And Mava, we're not sure what that means. We're going to have a focus about that. But Bor and Hever, we understand. Now, they're different. The damage that a shore does, either regal, let's call that regal for the time being, regal, that he does by stepping on, is not like mava, which is shame, according to the predominant opinion of Gemara, Shmuel's opinion of Gemara, which is damn shame. Below are mava, are shore, and the mava, shame is not like shore. Why? Below Both those things are talking about an animal, first that's alive. An animal does damage by walking or by eating something, like fire, Obviously, fire is not alive, right? They're different. But all these things have one, one common trait, that they go and do damage elsewhere, right? The fire goes and spreads and does damage elsewhere, and the animal goes and does damage where it goes. A boar is stationary. It's just sitting there. It's an obstacle or a pit, and that's different that way. What's the common denominator of all of them? Shadark and Lahazik that they normally do damage, and it's your obligation to guard them from doing damage. And when they do damage, the owner, the one who started the fire, or the one who the animal belongs to, or the one who dug the pit or created the obstacle, the Chavamazik with Sham Tashlumis, he has to pay for the Nezek, it's with the best of his land. Notice if he has different categories of land, like Edis, Edis, he's got to pay for the best, and that's what the Torah says that you have to pay. In all these cases, you are the owner. You're responsible. If it's your animal, your boar, uh, uh, or your uh, fire, you're responsible to pay for the damage because these things normally do damage. When you create a fire, fire's damage. Animals, damage. Uh, so 
that's their normal normal thing. So you have to pay you have to pay from the best, and you have to pay the entire amount. Money, money or karka. Money or or uh, you know need to pay uh, if you're paying he says made you have to pay the best with if you want to pay with karka, if you want to pay with cash, cash is also good. But or with a metalplan, but he's paying with land, he's got to pay from the best of his land. So to this 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 uh, Gemara, this page that phase is really tomorrow's daf. It'll be on the podcast and amidst Hashem on Sunday, uh, we will pick it up from the top of Gimel, the, the Sunday staff is Daf Gimel. The top, uh, the, the fourth word there is uh, Amar Mar. We'll pick it up from there. So make sure you complete that phase uh, tomorrow on Shabbos. Shabbat Shalom, B'Surot, Tavot, and before Shalom, it's everybody. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody stay safe. Really, he's uh, he, he, he doing okay. You saw the picture, right? Yes, yes. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. Hashem Shishmore. Hashem Shishmore, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No.